Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Time Out with Adam and Jack. Today is December 6th. Right, no, 7th. Today's the 7th. It's been a long week for me so far, and it, it is 2.30 in the afternoon, so I'm up early, <laughs> and we're about to kick this show kicking off. Sorry if there's going to be brain farts like last week, but Adam, Jack, how are you doing, old sport? <laughs> I'm doing good, Gatsby. How are you? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. Did, got a lot accomplished this past week while half my brain was asleep slash dead, so I'm rejuvenated. I'm a new man. Did you go to the gym to today? This podcast time. I'm going after this. I'm going after this. Well, what's your plans there today? What, what you got going? You, you're going to finally hit those legs or what? Yeah, I'm going to finally hit the legs after a long week of rest. Uh, I hadn't Before that, I hadn't hit legs in almost a year. So you can imagine how frail my legs were for that week. Well, leg day is honestly the worst day of the year. I mean, I, I hate doing that. When that one day pops up, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. The next week is hell. And you're just glad you don't have to do it for another year. You, you just know, so you can say this year that you did legs. Yeah, man. It is the worst day, but it's the best day at the same time. You know what else is the best? When the Eagles What's, lose. The Eagles. Oh yeah. my. When so how lose. are we feeling? How how are we feeling about your boy Jalen Hurts? How did you, how did how impressed were you with him last year? So time? I mean, when he came in, it was garbage time. I'm not gonna take anything away from him. I don't want Hurts to fail. I really don't want Hurts to fail. I don't want Wentz to fail. But he came in at a garbage time, and it's funny that right when he comes in, what does Doug Peterson do? The thing that I've been saying needs to happen. Oh, he needs to roll, have his quarterback roll out of the pocket. Oh, Jason Peters needs to get the hell off the line because this guy offers as much protection as a broken condom. You know? Did I Absolutely. not say that? You did. You yeah, did. And you told him to hang it up. I told him to hang it up, throw it in the deepest closet he could find, don't touch till he has grandkids. Just to show him later and tell stories. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, Jalen Hurts, he, he looked pretty good, but it was garbage time of the game. He was – Hurts is more mobile than Wentz. So, Hurts is able to avoid the pressure, but Hurts was still running for his life out there. The Eagles have a problem top to bottom of the team. And right now, you know, I don't wish my team were to lose, but at this point, why want them to win? You know, they're going to get a better draft pick right now. If they make the playoffs, they're not going anywhere. So, play right. for the draft. Play to win. But if they lose, eh, okay. Right. And, you know, this draft should be deep coming up this year. And fortunately, they they will not have to go in a direction of quarterbacks, so they have a lot of options coming up. Um, I'm thinking they draft Micah Parsons, a linebacker okay. from Penn State. Penn State. That's Mitten where I'm thinking. Lines. That's yeah, where that's the, the famous – um, what's his name? The famous coach. Joe Paterno? Not Paterno. No, no, the other guy. Um Sandusky, Jerry. Oh no, oh no. Well, what what did he do? What's wrong with him? Uh, he 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 didn't um stick with people his age group, and that's disgusting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, so that guy he's in prison for uh for life, and I hope that he has everything coming to him that he deserves. He hasn't he hasn't been killed yet. Unfortunately, not. Doesn't that usually happen to people in prison? I, I've never been. All the other inmates gather I, up and. I've never been, man. I've never been, but I don't plan on going. What? Yeah, how the either. the Steelers didn't play this week, did they? They played a night at 5 p.m. Eastern time against the Washington Football Team. Oh yeah, that's the game we circled last week. That um we, well at least I did. I circled it as potential trap game for the Steelers. Absolutely, and you know more and more I'm thinking about, it, more scared I'm getting. As the hours tick down, I got a long leg day ahead of me, like we just spoke about earlier. And then five o'clock is going to roll around. I'm thinking, what the hell am I going to get out of my team here? Am I? Are the Steelers just going to let some team without a freaking name roll in to Pittsburgh with a one-legged quarterback? Plus your soul, Alex Smith. Hey, comeback player of the year, right there. Comeback no, the get the hell out of my face. No, comeback player of the not. year, Alex Smith. Who are you saying, Big Ben? I Big Ben easily. Nah, Big Ben nah. easily. Big Ben gets. Comeback player of the year over Alex Smith. Alex Smith is a great story. I think the better story easily is Alex Smith. Statistically, Big Ben. Yes. Adversity, Alex Smith. Are you kidding me? Big Ben's been so, through so much adversity in his career. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's one that likes to hang out in bathroom stalls. Right. Doesn't take no for an answer. Oh, boy. <laughs> Alex Smith so is I, comeback player of the year. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, it's a great way to – sorry, everybody, if I'm being a little bit too non-PC today. It's all laughter because – if the Steelers lose today, at least I'll have something to laugh about on this podcast that I will be re-listening to after it's posted up and done with. Um, but yeah, big game tonight in Pittsburgh, Washington football team against the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, I'm going to say it's going to be a close game like how it was last week against Baltimore, where Pittsburgh's going to underperform on both sides of the ball, but I have a feeling that they're going to squeak out and win this one somehow. But the big game, the big game is all the Pittsburgh Steelers fans know. It's going to be next Sunday night, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, NBC. Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth, my lovely lady, Carrie Underwood. <laughs> Not Michelle Tafoya, Carrie Underwood, as they will be taking on the Buffalo Bills, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that's a game that every Steelers fan has circled on their calendars. That's the game the we circled a couple weeks ago. It was. It was. Not only as that being a loss, but possibly their second loss because – you're calling a possible upset tonight well, no, no, with the Steelers no, no. I'm, facing I'm, the football team. I'm not calling a loss. I'm just saying that they this is a game they could lose. Dangerous game. It's a danger game, right? It's a trap game. You know, no one really looks at the as I was going to say the Redskins, the Washington football team. Call, call them whatever you want. Yeah, I'm, I mean, over the past few years, they haven't really been anything more than the JV football team. But that's neither here nor there. But um, absolutely. The Washington football team. I mean, they're they're a they're a good team, right now. You know what? They're a good team. I'm I'm tired of you beating around the bush. I want a final score for tonight's game. For tonight, for Washington tonight's football game. team versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going. Wait, where's the game playing at? Pittsburgh, right? It's in Pittsburgh. Doesn't matter. It's no fans, but it's gonna be cold. Yeah. Um, tonight, final score. I'm gonna go 27-24 Pittsburgh. 27 24. Wow. It's going to be a game there, both those teams. Well, it's going to be a tight game until halftime. Halftime, after half, they're going to have a shootout. Okay. I'm thinking going into half, maybe like 13 10. 13 10? Maybe okay. 10 7. I like kind of like how a Kirk Herbstreet could not comment and give a score prediction on this game because I'm a Steelers fan and. I don't want to jinx whatever happens. So that's a, I am, that's a safe that's a safe way to I, do it. I'm not going to be commenting on the score. That's just how important of a human being that I am and how a lot of people see me being. So I will not be commenting on this game. You know, I, you got the Steelers, they're coming up, right? They're going to be in the playoffs. And it just dawned on me, a thought comes to my mind, and I've been thinking about it all week. Which sport do you think has the most intense playoffs? Oh man. Now, entertaining away from most intense. Well, let, let's let's narrow it down here. Let's narrow it down to the the big four. Right. Let's narrow it down to NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL. Okay. Which one do you think has the most intense playoff? Oh man, I'll tell you what mine is. Go ahead. Uh, I'm I'm saying NHL. NHL. Yep. So I think obviously the NHL, I mean, it's just such a, not only is it the most intense in your eyes, but I'm sure it's obviously the most entertaining, right? To you. Um, most entertaining. Yeah. I, I would say the NHL is the most entertaining playoff. Okay. Intense and entertaining for sure. You ever realize like how many fans come around, not with the NFL, whenever NFL postseason plays. But whenever the NHL, MLB, and even the NBA, how many fans just all of a sudden are fans of these leagues and how passionate fans get. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's like the World Cup. You know, when the World Cup comes around, then people want to start claiming, oh, I'm from Peru. I'm from Colombia. I'm from Italy. I'm from Germany. But where were you the other four years the, the, right. when the World Cup wasn't happening? You know, rep your country, rep your teams. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I, I'm going to say NHL um, because they play at full speed the whole game and they play tough the whole game. If you ever sat down and actually watched the NHL playoff game, these guys go hard the full the whole time, right? 
the, the player shifts are roughly like a minute to a minute and a half each. So they're always like well-rested and the games are usually close. You know, some, some games in the playoffs, you get like a, a seven to two blowout, but for the most part, the games are usually really tight and really competitive within a goal or two. There's more shots. There's more hits. They play faster. They play tougher. Um, every now and again, you see some fights, but they usually don't fight in the playoffs because they don't want to p- put their team at a disadvantage with a penalty. Right. So I'm going NHL. So my take. Okay. For a physicality standpoint, I would absolutely agree with you with the NHL. So it's going to be kind of a split answer with me. I'm going to say psychologically, it's going to have to be Major League Baseball. I agree with that. Who is the one pitcher ever since his career kicked off and started to where all regular season, all these Cy Youngs, that he has won, probably one of the greatest regular season pitchers of all time. But once he enters the postseason, what happens? What's his name? Clayton Kershaw. Absolutely, 100%. How do you know? Oh, because he's one of the only few pitchers that actually changes, you know, like arms whenever he goes to the postseason. Yeah, it's like he's done with, with his right arm in the playoffs. Absolutely. And I think, I think Major League Baseball in the playoffs is more of a chess match. There's a lot of luck that's involved, but it's also a chess match whenever it comes to this is the manager. You, you could go and you could say, what's the point of having a manager on a baseball team? Like, what's the point of it, especially during the regular season? But whenever it comes to the postseason with MLB, whenever it comes to the bullpen rotations and who's starting against who, and then all these pinch hitters that are coming in in the biggest moment of the season, all these 162 games that happen. This is all when it's happening, all on the line right now. Just for a few games and a few series to bring back a huge trophy <laughs> to whatever city that you're playing in. So for me, I think psychologically, in the most dramatic playoff is easily Major League Baseball. So but in, to a physicality standpoint, I agree with you insane national hockey league yeah so physicality hockey because that's a long physical potentially seven game series you can say football is very physical sport it is you can say basketball is kind of physical but football is one game it's one game and you're not getting hit every play like if you're a wide receiver you're not really getting hit every play you know if you're a quarterback you might get hit like nudged every play but you're not really getting hit every play hockey you're getting hit every time you touch that puck if you hold on for it for way too long. Um, but baseball, psychologically, I'd agree with you because every pitch matters in the postseason. Every base runner matters. You can be in the top of the second of a 0-0 game and your pitcher can have one out and he can walk a batter. And then the whole demeanor of the team and all the pressure of the view of, of the team and you as the viewer watching the game, it just changes. It just changes. Right. Like You're like, oh, fuck, they got our base runner. This sucks. Now we're going to lose, you know? And then you could just see the emotion in the pitcher when they every out that they get, no matter the situation, they're fired up. Absolutely, I agree with that. So they got it, baseball is extreme pressure at all times in the postseason. Absolutely, it's like the flip switches, especially with Clayton Kershaw that we've seen. Who didn't pitch that bad this postseason? Uh, no, he didn't pitch that bad. What they do, they they won, right? They won. They just yeah, they, won the World they, Series, they, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so credit to Clint Kershaw and the Los Angeles Dodgers on that but, one. But let's on talk a... about the, the greatest postseason pitcher of all time. You know who that might be? Hit me with it. More men have walked on the moon than he's allowed base runners in. Not base runners, runs in the postseason. You know who that is? Hit me with it. Mariano Rivera. Oh, my God. Mariano Rivera, had, there's been more men who have walked on the moon that Mariano Rivera has allowed runs in the postseason. I can't tell you the exact stat. I just know it's a fact. And what's crazy is the dude threw two pitches, fastball cutter. Try to hit Couldn't it. be touched. Couldn't be touched. And if you did touch it, you're bat shattering. Right. Ground out, shortstop, second baseman. See ya. And who, who, do, you, who do you think um, is pretty clutch in the playoffs? Let's talk about some clutch batters. In the playoffs. Clutch batters. Oh, oh, he's easily Jose Altuve against Roldis Chapman. Uh, easily. Oh, man. Yeah. George um, Springer. Oh, man. George Springer. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, when you're banging on trash cans and have buzzers on your chest, it, it makes a difference when you know what's coming. Anyway. Oh. 
I mean, I think one of the most clutch performances hitting wise that I've seen since I've been alive has been uh, David Freeze for the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. one postseason that he had. The these guys, that he had. these guys were down to their last strike in a game six against the Texas Rangers. And what does David Freeze do? Hits a game tying two run triple with two outs in the bottom of the ninth inning to extend the series and win the series the next game. Not only did he hit the triple, but he hit the walk-off home run, same game. You know, honestly, in thinking about that, that could have been us. That could have been us out there if it well, went for our – I already told you last week, if I'm at the plate, I'm taking it 450 to center field. Easy. But then, why can't you? What happened? That tonsil injury, man. Right. I'm, if I have to go clutch batters for longevity – I'm going David Ortiz. He was extremely clutch in the playoffs. Big Poppy. Big Poppy. How much does that pain you to say as a Yankees fan? Um, if you would have asked me that maybe like, I don't know, 10 years ago, it would have pained me a lot. But now that he's retired and listening, listening to him talk on Fox uh, when he's uh, commentating baseball with A-Rod and the, uh, the other guys, I, don't, I respect Big Poppy a lot. I respected him as a player as well. I, I never hated Big Poppy. Right. He was always a great player. He, he never really talked shit on the Yankees. It was just a rivalry, you know, and you got to play hard. I hated Pedro Martinez when he was on the Red Sox. Right. When I was in my little, my little whippersnapper days. I didn't like Pedro Martinez, but um, Big Poppy never had a problem with him. He was always good in the playoffs, and Carlos Beltran was always good in the playoffs. When Carlos Beltran was on Houston, he, he was really clutch. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, they say playoffs is when, you know, careers are made and the next big athlete is made so thinking about that who do you think is like the next big athlete in sports the next big athlete in sports you know i did a little research before the show today and i looked up the most popular athletes in the world in the world so you know kind of where you're gonna get from let me try to guess let me try to guess top three go ahead hit me so two out of three are gonna be cristiano ronaldo and Lionel messi Correct. Okay. And LeBron James. You are a hundred percent right. Damn. I'm good. hundred percent right. I'm good. Was, who was first Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi? I believe it was, I believe on some sites it was Ronaldo and on some other sites, I think ESPN, it was Messi. Yeah. Those guys are neck and neck. They're, they're just two of the greatest of all time. You, you can't go wrong with either of them. Absolutely. But if I'm speaking from American sports wise, that could e- e- eventually go global as well, especially because it's basketball. Okay. I'm going to have to throw my man out from the Memphis Grizzlies, John Morant. John Morant, okay. I like John Morant. And, I, and this answer here I thought was a little bit more unorthodox just because last year he had – or this past season he had his uh, injury and it kind of kept him out a good bit. But – that man's a freak of nature. That man's an athlete. He carried he carried the Grizzlies this whole year. And I'm really excited to see. I'm not a huge NBA guy, but whenever it comes to just great athletes and freak athletes, especially on selfish ones, I see John Morant with that throwback Grizzlies jersey on. I can't help but cry a little bit. You know what I, I really love seeing in a basketball player? What's Intensity that? and attitude. And John Morant has both of those. He, he reminds me of Russell Westbrook, and I think he, he's better than Russell. At, when, at his stage in his career, he's better than Ru- what Russell Westbrook was. It's a bold statement. No, that's not a bold statement. That's a bold statement, but it's a good statement. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Not a whole lot of people would have the guts to say that, Adam, but you just said that live on timeout with Adam and Jack. <laughs> well, Russell Westbrook just got traded, too. Oh, Jesus. He, he's in uh, Washington now, him and Bradley Beal. John Wall's in Houston. John Wall is in Houston, which I think that's a better situation for Houston because right. you get rid of Russell Westbrook, who's a great basketball player, but he's a ball-dominant player. James Harden's a ball-dominant player. Let's separate them. John Wall is a little more giving, and when James Harden operates best, he needs the ball in his hand. He needs to dribble it for about 10, 15 seconds of the shot clock, size somebody up, do a triple step back walk, Go ahead, right. file his taxes, tie his shoes, jump some rope, do some jumping jacks, and chuck up a three, and hits nothing but net. That's what that's what he needs to do. 
He doesn't he need needs all the time in the world to do this. He doesn't have enough time if Russell Westbrook and other superstars back there, you know, taking some shots, hogging the ball a little bit. Yeah, I think John Wall's a little more giving. He's more of a point guard than Russell Westbrook. Even though Russell Westbrook did average triple doubles the past three years, you can have those stats all you want, but it's about how you mesh with your teammates. And Russell Westbrook and James Harden didn't mesh well. They just didn't. I think James Harden and John Wall are going to mesh better, and Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal are going to mesh better. So I think it's a win-win for both teams. Now, do you want to hear my two honorable mentions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me hear them. So honorable mention number one, you know, and this team has been suffering a couple losses in a row now, and I feel for them, but I think they're on the up and up. They're a very talented team, and the leader of that team right now is going to be mini-me, Kyler Murray. Mini, Kyler Murray. Mini-me. Right, mini-me. Not mini-me, but like the mini-me. Okay. <laughs> I was about to say, do you really he think – He doesn't look anything like me, no. Well, skill-wise, you're you're about ten times the player he is, but right. If it wasn't for me, uh, that's a conversation my, for another day. Yeah, I broke my sternum uh, <laughs> in seventh grade flag football. But anyways, after Kyler Murray, I got to go with, and I know Aaron Woodby is going to shed a little tear in his eye, and then he's also not a. This is going to be a tear of joy, but later in the show, he's also going to have some tears for what happened this past Sunday with the Tennessee Titans against. Oh yeah, Cleveland. they almost came back. That later. They almost did. It was a 41-35 finish, but Cleveland had that one. They gave up quite a few tutties that game. They gave up quite a few tutties. Yeah, but they scored quite a few towards the end. But my next honorable mention, the last honorable mention, is going to be A.J. Brown, wide receiver out of Ole Miss. Okay. I really liked him. He's a very physical specimen. He's great at catching the football, dragging defenders. I think D.K. Metcalf. He has the look of the physicality at the receiver, and he's doing. And I think he's a leading receiver in the NFL right now, is he not? Yeah, I believe yeah, he, he is. is. He is, and he's having a fantastic year with the Seahawks. But I think AJ Brown, AJ Brown, these next couple of years is a guy that you got to keep your eye on. If you already don't have your eye on him, at least one, not even your lazy eye on him right now, <laughs> you better get an eye on him because AJ Brown, I he's the man to watch. I agree with you on that one. A.J. Brown, he is a great receiver. He's a great football player. The thing that I think is going to be a struggle for him is playing in Tennessee. And I'm not saying Tennessee is a bad team or anything. I'm the market for Tennessee. It's not a big market. Right. It's hard to get exposure when you're on a team like that. Like, how often, other than, and not even other than, because last year and this year they haven't really had it, primetime games. How often is Tennessee flexed to a primetime game? You know, it, it's it's one thing if you're the Packers and the Packers, they're in Wisconsin. That's not a big market, but they have the prestige and the history on their side. And the Cowboys, same thing. They have the prestige and history on their side, even though, even though they suck. Um, they're still going to get those primetime games. I think being on the Titans, and like I said, nothing against the Titans. They're a great team and they're building something special there. I think it's tough for him to get the exposure that he deserves. And you got Derrick Henry on that team. You got Derrick Henry getting all those tutties. Getting all those tutties. Yeah. Just running over defenders. Who was your other honorable mention? That was it. It was only A.J. Brown and Kyler Murray for the honorable mentions. And then I think the next iconic athlete, in my point of view, is going to be John Morant. But, Adam, enough of me. Okay. Tell me who you think is going to be the next iconic athlete in our world. All right. So I only got one. I don't really have honorable mentions. Maybe I could think of an honorable mention off the top of the head, but I, this guy right here, I guarantee you, you don't know who he is unless you're really deep into the game. It's easy to sit here and pick Giannis Antetokounmpo. It's a, it's a safe pick. You know, it's easy to sit here and say Joe Burrow is going to be next, who, which I don't think he is. I personally think that the man down there in Los Angeles for the Chargers, Justin Herbert, is better than Joe Burrow, and he might be the next big athlete. But that's not who I'm picking. I'm uh I'm looking towards the Yankees. I'm looking Yankees. not not an MLB, not triple A, maybe not even double A. I'm looking down in single A at that 17-year-old phenom. You know what his name is? I have absolutely no clue. That's Jason Dominguez. Jason with two S's, by the way. Jason Dominguez, 17-year-old phenom, drawing comparisons to Bo Jackson and Mike Trout. Oh my. 
So 17-year-old from DR. He's the Yankees' top prospect. He's built like the goddamn Hulk. I want everyone to pause this podcast right now and Google Jason with two S's, Dominguez. Now, hold on. Whenever you pause this podcast and you're doing Adam's request, just make sure that you come back and listen to the rest of the podcast. Yeah, please do. All right. We're going to pause for a second. All right. Welcome back. So I'm seeing you uh, looked up Jason Dominguez and you're seeing what type of physical specimen this kid is. And like I said, he's 17 years old. He throws 96 miles per hour just casually like, like it's nothing. He's not a pitcher. He's a center fielder and outfielder. He has ridiculous, ridiculous power for a 17-year-old, and it's just, everything he does on the baseball field just looks effortless. So MLB.com and the scouts do this report, and they give grades, like a, a scouting report grade on them, and they grade it in five areas. And the numbers go from 20 to 80, 80 being the highest, 20 being the lowest. And they grade it in hitting, running, fielding, power, arm, and overall. Actually, that's six. That's not five. All right, so hitting, he got a 50. Running, he got a 65. Fielding, 55. Power, 60. Arm, 60. Overall, 55. And like I said, he's 17 years old. He's not a top prospect in baseball right now because he's in single A. And like I said, he's 17 years old. I think he was rated 46th overall prospect in the MLB. And I'm pretty sure he was the highest paid international signing ever. Wow. I don't, I'm pretty sure, to, I'm pretty positive about that. He was the highest paid international signing ever. I think he got like a $5 million bonus off the rip as a 15 year old from the Yankees. Why didn't that happen to me? That injury, man. You heard, you know about it. I'm not going to talk about the injury. All right. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah. But I look him up. If you haven't looked him up, look him up, take a look at him, go on YouTube, search some, some videos on him. This kid is going to be crazy. And he's scheduled to arrive in the major leagues. 2022 which would make him 19 years old maybe 18 turning 19 but he's scheduled to come up 2022 and i'm pretty sure he's going to be the yankees outfield of the future can you just imagine an outfield of him aaron judge and john carlos stanton those two when they're not striking out oh man (laughs) (laughs) but only the yankees can pull something off like this right yeah. Only uh, only only they could build a team like this from blood, sweat, and tears. Only hey, they can do this. Nobody else. Nobody else could just buy a 15-year-old man. All right. Let's he is, yeah, he was a 15. He was more than a man. This dude was a science project. Built in the lab. He was. I'm telling you. Of course, of course, not by the Yankees. They didn't build him, but they just uh, yeah. bought whoever. This dude was down in Dominican Republic eating a bunch of arroz y gandules. Just plate after plate, just bulking up, cultivating that mass. But that's my next iconic athlete right there. All right. So with the the iconic athletes, you know, you got to be well-versed in all assets of the game. You got to have some speed. Got to have some agility. Got to have some leaping power, some prowess on the field. What sport do you think has the best athletes, though? So the sport that has the best overall athletes in it. I mean, this is such a tough one, man, because you can't take away anything from any of these athletes. Or There's a reason why they're professionals. And even at the college level, there's a reason why they're there. So, but if me, not only as a fan, but just really thinking about it and thinking hard about it, I think overall, I have to say football players. I really do. Okay. Why? Uh, I I mean, your reasoning. So my reasoning for this is you look at each position on this field, you take away punter and kicker and long snapper. You look at even even you look at a third string quarterback, you're thinking, oh, wow, he can't throw the ball with this shit, but he's a hell of an athlete. He's there. You just look at all these positions on the field and who is filling in these spots. And you're thinking you look at like we mentioned before earlier, you look at DK Metcalf. He's listed as a wide receiver, right? Yeah. This dude is built like an inside linebacker. He's yeah. built like Patrick Willis. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So to have somebody, a specimen like him, playing at the wide receiver level at his size, speed, and strength, and also making these terrific catches besides that one that he dropped in the back of the end zone that Russell Wilson threw right on the money. But he is 
absolutely fantastic. And there's a lot more that are like him that nobody talks about because DK is just who he is. I mean, he's leading the league in receiving yards this year. But And then you have offensive linemen. Offensive linemen, okay. Yes, they're big, fat, muscular dudes who, you know, they're just grinders. They're just little grunts, all right? You look at these dudes. These guys can rub sub fives on their 40-yard dashes. Yeah, that's true. What man on this – what men, I should say, on this earth who weigh over 300-plus with all that muscle and all that fat can run a sub five 40 yard dash. I can't even run a sub 40 yard dash. Adam. Listen, I'm telling you right now. And I weigh 210. I'm telling you right now, I'm a swift 190, 195 on a bad day. Swift. Swift. Right? Like a feather. You, yep. You, you know about my, my backstory. You know about all the offers I had, all, all the scouts that were coming to watch me as a young, young lad. Um, I can't run a five 40 yard dash. Maybe I can. I don't know. But I'm not 270, 300 plus pounds running a sub five 40 yard dash with the, with the, and these guys are like fucking ballerinas on their feet, offensive and defensive linemen. Yes. You know, it's just ridiculous how good of athletes they are. Like, perfect prime example. And me being an Eagles fan, like, I don't know if you guys knew that I like the Eagles, but me being an Eagles fan, uh, prime example, Jason Kelsey, center for the Eagles. He's a relatively little dude on the Eagles, relatively little offensive lineman, but this man can move. He, he can get mm-hmm. up that field. He is always, a, not always, but most of the time, a lead blocker in the second level on a run play. Uh, that guy can get up there. So you're going I football, agree. huh? I'm going to go football, and then just looking at other positions on that field, you have the corners, and I think defensive back is honestly probably the hardest position on the football field to I play. So. I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, there's just so much racing through your mind, so much you have to cover in your mind and on the field as well. It's just insane. Now, You're whenever in a lose situation. You're in a lose right. situation. You can either do – even if you do the really right thing on a play and nobody notices, nobody's going to give you credit for it. No, you could you could play a perfect game locking up a receiver or a zone that whole entire game and you will not get the credit that you deserve because for some reason you did the right thing. You did your job, but you won't get any credit for it. You know what my gripe with DBs is, though? My biggest gripe. And you probably know where I'm going with this. When a wide receiver burns the hell out of them, they're wide open. And then Nelson Aguilar it right off their hands and drop it. And then the DB sitting over there flexing like goddamn Beetlejuice. Like he just didn't get burned and didn't potentially give up a touchdown. Like you had no part in that play. Well, you had a part and you let the guy run right past you. And you were just fortunate enough that he dropped it. Well, what happens is, and it's kind of like a psychological thing with the DBs and the wide receivers is whenever, let's say Carson Wentz or whoever's thrown this ball to Nelson Aguilar last year, The defensive back, yes, he might have gotten burned, but the defensive back is so smart that he yells from behind Nelson Aguilar, hey, drop that ball, bitch. (laughs) Drop it. Drop it. It's like playing Nelson Aguilar. Right. It's like playing backyard basketball when someone's going up for a layup and they beat you. Ah! Ah, Give me that. (laughs) Yeah. Give me that. That's basically what it is. So I agree with that. Um, But, yeah, I'm going to have to go maybe not stamina-wise, I mean, obviously, stamina-wise, you're going to have to go with soccer. Great. At, and they're freak athletes in their own. They're in their own league, obviously. And it's just they're freak of nature athletes. Tennis players are great athletes as well. Some of the stuff that they do is awesome. Um, and then professional fighters, like these dudes in the uh, UFC, all these MMA fighters, these boxers, the stamina that they have, the power and the balance that they have, and then psychologically – what they carry. It's just that there's a reason why they're the best of what they do. Yeah. And they're better than me at everything. So take everything with a grain of salt that I say. I think the best athlete in the world right now, though, is Cristiano Ronaldo. It has to be like, just not even from a skill standpoint, but just from like a physical standpoint, I think he's the best athlete in the world. I was watching a little, little documentary on him on YouTube, not really a documentary, more so a video, short video on him. And this dude spends, like $25 million a year on getting his body right for the game, getting his body right for soccer. And 
it shows, man. Like this dude can leap off the goddamn field. He can kick it with both legs at a high velocity. He's quick. He can move. I just think he's the best athlete in the world. But then you got these guys in the UFC, like John Jones. He's a great athlete. I wouldn't mm-hmm. want to mess with that guy. But even guys like George St. Pierre, my favorite welterweight of all time, favorite fighter of all time. He's a great athlete too. You can't go wrong with any of these guys. And I think what's happened now, you know, if you look at sports, maybe 20, 30 years ago, you can even longer, like maybe 40 years ago, you can look at like baseball players, like look at this fat fuck playing first base. Now you got guys Mm -hmm. like Kyle Schwarber playing first base, our right field. And he's, I wouldn't say he's a freak athlete, but he's definitely more athletic than the average person. Oh, for sure. What, what, who's the, uh, the, the first baseman on Tampa Bay on the Rays, the Korean dude. I forgot his name, but oh yeah, this dude could do. He's splits. the one who does the splits. Yeah, he's the he one who splits. does the splits. Here, here I am as a, as a a limber twenty seven year old, and I can't touch my goddamn toes. But this yeah. dude, this this fat little kimchi roll is out here doing splits. It, it's absolutely insane. It's insane. What's and, and it's almost kind of depressing. You just look on the screen and you're thinking. Well, why do they get paid all this money? Why do they get to do that? One, it's their job. Yeah. And two, they possess a skill set that you obviously don't have. And when I say you, I say me. Yeah. And there's a reason why they're getting paid all this money to entertain us with their freak of nature, athleticism and skills and talents. Yeah, I love the social media, the social media quarterbacks. And the social media oh. pitchers. Oh, I could do that. You know, I, I could, what, oh, how, how the hell do you strike out in that situation? You know, how the hell do you overthrow that receiver? How the hell do you drop that? Get out of here. Get out of here. You're out of, bricks, you're, 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 you're out of breath going up and down the stairs. <laughs> but if I had to choose the best athletes, I'm breaking, I'm breaking this down in two parts. Two parts. Skill-wise, I'm going baseball. And I'm not baseball, I'm not talking like a, a physical standpoint. I'm talking, like we said earlier, the mindset standpoint. That and and this well, I guess kind of skill, but not like physical, like muscles or, or speed or anything. I'm right. talking hand-eye coordination and like reaction time. I think baseball players are. I think baseball is the most difficult sport to play and be successful at. I agree really because you can get drafted as an 18 year old and not even sniff the major leagues until 29, 30 years old. And they get sent and then get your ass sent right back down to triple A because someone came back from an injury. But baseball skill wise, because they have to have near impossible hand eye coordination. Because think about it, you got a 98 mile per hour plus fastball coming in at you, right? You're like, holy mm-hmm. shit, holy shit. And if, if a 98 mile per hour fastball coming at you, you got a quarter of a second to not even a 98, uh, it said a 90 mile per hour fastball. You have a quarter of a second to determine what type of pitch it is. Decide if you want to swing and then swing the bat. A quarter of a second to do all of that. So the hand-eye coordination and the reaction time of a baseball player is far better than every other sport. Um, so like I said, throw, throw a 98-mile-per-hour fastball in there, right? You're like, all right, I got this timed up pretty good to the best that I can. And then fucking boom, Clayton Kershaw drops in a 75-mile-per-hour hook and just buckles you. You know? Well, That's could, why... Could- could you right. imagine in his prime Albert Pujols hitting a short line drive at you at third base while you're playing third base? Could you imagine that happening? No, because I don't want that to happen. Exactly. I would not want it either. Somebody could offer me $1,000 just to step in that. We're say, hey, man, not only could you make a great play on this, but you also get $1,000 cash, and you could say that you stopped a line drive from Albert Pujols. I would say – not no, but fuck no. I'm, I like my life, and I don't want to embarrass myself, so thank you. You know, back in my prime, you know, I would have gloved that thing real quick and threw a, threw a missile to first base straight to the glove. But, you know, now as a retired guy, um, I hung mm-hmm. up the cleats a while back. You know, I, I, did, I, haven't, I haven't oiled up the glove in a while. Um, now I, I think I'd still be able to glove it, but I'm not sure if I'm getting that throw to first base with the same velocity I would have gotten – 10 years ago, it's still going there at a high speed, mind you, but it's not right. getting there as quickly as it used to be. And then also it's kind of like just with, you know, the unfortunate tonsil 
injury that you suffered, not to bring back uh, a traumatic experience. But, you know, whenever it's coming to those throws that you're making, the tonsils have a huge impact on that ball going from third to first. And a lot of people don't realize that. It's just got such a huge impact on the throwing motion. So I really do feel for you there. Hey, can you imagine taking a fastball to the ribs? I wouldn't know what to do other than collapse on the ground and just gasp for air. And I'm I talking know like what a, to do. a standard 90 mile per hour fastball to the ribs. Just a standard. Do you think it would? Do you think it would hurt worse than Mike Tyson in his prime with no gloves on punching in the ribs? Yeah, I I think it would because it. Oh, I don't know. You said the ribs. I think of Mike Tyson punching. I don't know, man. That's tough. That's a really tough one. I thought you were gonna say Mike Tyson punching in the face because if Mike Tyson punched me in the face, I'm out. I'm out. Right. He's gonna hurt his hand, mind you. Again, he's gonna hurt his hand, but I'll right. be out. Um, I don't know. A fastball to the ribs or Mike Tyson punch to the ribs. I think, man. Well, Mike Tyson does have the strongest punch of all time, so I'm going Mike Tyson punch to the ribs. A clean punch right to the ki- like the kidney mm-hmm. area. Right. I-, I think that's gonna hurt more than baseball. Just just knock the dust off it a little bit. Yeah, that's gonna hurt. The dust off the gonna hurt a lot. That's gonna hurt right. a lot. But our, no, I, I, I really, I really, because we had a fan this morning. Shout out to Julian Kelch. He really wanted us to discuss here. What in the hell is going on in New York City? What do you mean, the New York football team Jets? What the hell's going on here? Ooh, we wow. talked about it a little bit yesterday through text. Not only did we wake up to. At least I woke up to a firing that happened from New York. Okay. Or as you would say, New York. Yeah, New York. Not only did I wake up to a firing, and I was super excited because I really want the city of New York to have a football team again. Okay. They didn't fire Adam Gates. No, they did not. They fired Greg Williams, also known as Mr. Bounty. <laughs> yeah, the but Bounty Gate. They fired Greg Williams for an absolute awful, awful defensive play call yesterday that happened. That, Adam, do you want to do you want to want to run us through what happened in the closing seconds in New York City with the Raiders and New York Jets? Yeah, um, I'll tell you what happened. My boy, I would consider him and I boys, Sam Darnold. Yeah. I would. Yeah. My boy was running for his life out there. And still making plays for the Jets. Drives the field. Two-minute warning comes up. They score a touchdown. Actually, no, score a touchdown right before two-minute warning. Scored a touchdown, took the lead 28-24. Raiders get the ball back. They – actually, am I messing up right now? Am I misquoting the times? The Jets scored. The Raiders got the ball back. This is before the two-minute warning. Yeah, yeah. The Raiders got the ball back. The Jets – caused a three and out on the Raiders got the mm-hmm. ball back tried to run the clock did, couldn't get the first down Raiders got the ball back drove the field with what was it I think it was like a minute and a half no it was 46 seconds the Raiders had 46 seconds to drive the field they get the the Jets get the Raiders to a fourth and 10 on the 46 yard line fourth and 10 46-yard line, 10 seconds left in the game. And what does he do? He does an all-out blitz. Why would he do that? Allowing Henry Ruggs to burn your corner, which we don't know who he is because the Jets have all the relevant players. Just burn your corner and score the game-winning touchdown. What a dumb play call that was. What an absolute dumb play call. Safety wasn't there, obviously. No, because they were blitzing him. Safety's not going to be there. They were blitzing him. That was a stupid ass play call. But Ball only, was even a little underthrown too. Yeah, he had to slow down Safe. for it. If there's a safety there, God knows what happens. Only the Jets can lose in a fashion like that. The 2020 Jets. My friend uh, Jeremy, because I put a, a good status on Facebook. I put a picture of the kid from Big Daddy and said the goddamn Jets. My friend Jeremy, uh, he said, and I quote: "Only the Jets can pull out defeat in the jaws of victory." Well, I just got chills. He's a philosophizer, oh. honestly. 
he's a philosopher. <laughs> oh, but hey, I had to get back to the, uh, the the athlete. I had one more one more part to that. To the, the athletic abilities, I think the the best overall athletes. I'm I'm siding with you is the NFL, and because of some of the things we said before, you know, they got all positions need to have some some type of speed. You know, right. they have to have great hands, and jumping ability, and this goes for every position. Uh, you got 240 plus pound guys running four three forties. And, you know, a lot of you guys listening, you might be thinking, hey, I could run a 4-4-40 barefoot. Get the hell out of here. Hit the bricks. You can't do that. You cannot kick do that. Kick rocks, as they say. Yeah, kick rocks, dude. And then you combine all of that with the power and the quickness, and you have the most athletic athlete right there. Oh, my God. Jack, Adam, the, you know, they, they really should. They really should create a podcast with two great minds who hold their own opinions and who are also really funny, not only funny, intellectual and very good looking. And they should put them and have them discuss sports as a topic. And I'm trying to think of what would the show be called? Do you know, do you know of any podcasts that exist like that? Um, not really. Busting it with the boys by Taylor Lewan. Yeah. We'll figure it out one day. Yeah, we'll, we'll, I think we'll come up with one. Um, so I want everyone right now to head to your kitchen. Grab yourself a nice glass. Nice clean glass. Don't just take one out the sink. Open up your cabinet. Grab a nice clean glass. Head over to your freezer. Grab an ice cube. One, two. I don't know. However many you want. Go uh, over to your uh, your little bar, your little bar area. Grab your finest bottle of whiskey. Pop that bad boy open. Pour yourself a little a glass of whiskey because Jack's about to tell us his start of the week. All right, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, children and children. Hopefully children aren't listening to this. I hope not. The stud of the week for Jack. It's going to have to be hands down. Shaker, Baker, Mayfield, ladies and gentlemen. I knew you were going to pick him. That's why I didn't pick him. Good. I was really hoping that we did. I was really hoping you were going to say that. I was like, Jack is going to pick Shaker Baker, and he's going to present him just like that. I'm not going to pick Shaker Baker. Tell us what he did, though. I'm going to tell you what Baker Mayfield did. Heisman Trophy winner out of Oklahoma University. Yep. My man completed 25 passes out of 33 attempts. How many tutties? How many tutties? Yep. My man had four tutties. Four. Four. Not one, not two. Not three, but four cutties thrown. Sacked zero times and threw for a total of 334 yards. All right. En route to a win against a very good future, hopefully future playoff team, Tennessee Titans. Yep. They almost lost the game. They almost blew that game. Almost blew the game, but that's what the Titans are known for this year is almost comebacks. Almost <laughs> comebacks. You know, Shaker Baker Mayfield, and I think I mentioned this on one of our very early first episodes, he'll always hold a near and dear place in my heart for his team when Oklahoma probably got on a plane, flew over to Columbus, Ohio, the shithole of America, some would say, me included, I agree. I concur. He led a victory over the Ohio State suck eyes. And not only (laughs) Yep, thank you for that. Not only did he embarrass them on the field during the game, but he embarrassed them after the game. He went, grabbed an OU flag, waved it around in the middle of that stupid O in the middle of the field, and planted that bad boy in turf, mind you. Planted that in turf. Didn't really go into anything. It fell. But the intent was there, and I appreciate that, Baker. You're probably not listening, but I appreciate you for doing that. And you always hold a near dear place in my heart. Round of applause for Baker Mayfield, everybody. Baker. Now, Adam. Jack, what you want? I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. I want you to hit me with your stud of the week. My stud of the week is that big name. You've probably heard of him. And you've probably heard of the school he went to, Georgia Institute of Technology. A oh powerhouse. My. Do you know oh who I'm talking about? Is he in the professional football league right now? He is. Oh, man. You definitely don't know who this guy is. 
because I didn't know right. who it was until yesterday. Give me it. Give me the name. His name's Darren Waller. Tight end for the Oakland Raiders. Raiders. Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders. <laughs> you know, we're, we're probably better at that than Chris Berman is. But anyway. He's washed. There's a reason why he hung up the uh, suit and tie. Hung up the suit and tie. Hung up the microphone. Leave it to the professionals like us, Chris. Right. Um, Darren Waller, tight end. Las Vegas Raiders. This man had 13 catches. Woke up feeling lethal. Put up 200 yards. It was the Jets. It was the lowly Jets, but this guy's a tight end. And uh, for you math wizards that are listening, and you're like, oh, that's, that equals to 15.4 yards per catch. You're right. It does equal to 15.4 yards per catch. Good math off the top of the head. And he also added in two tutties. That's why he's my stud of the week. Jack, do you want to do a little round of applause for Darren Wall? I do. I do because uh... – the Raiders just showed so much heart and grit yesterday, led by their man, Darren Waller. And the victory was definitely not handed to them definitely by was. Greg Williams. Yeah, the, the, the Jets definitely weren't trying to keep that number one overall pick. You know what's no, crazy? I, what's that? Greg Williams was pr- probably trying to hand them the game to secure the number one pick <laughs> and gets fired. <laughs> I thought the same thing, too. This man's then, trying to help out the organization. It, like before the game, he's probably talking to the GM, talking to the owner. Hey, man, I'm I'm a level with you. If we're winning in the last ten seconds of this game, I'm gonna call an all out blitz and just let them score a touchdown. And the owner's probably like, "Fuck yeah, dude, let's do it." Fireman Ed sitting at home, like, "Yo, I really hope the Jets lose this game." He does it. He fucking lets the touchdown happen. They they call him into the office after the game when everyone's in the locker room celebrating their loss because they still have the number one pick. And you're like, hey, Greg, uh, organization wants to go a different direction. And you're, you're not the direction we want to go. I, I remember all that stuff we talked about giving up a touchdown. No, we don't want that. So you can go ahead and hit the bricks. <laughs> and he probably, he probably almost had a stroke after that happened. But <laughs> what the fuck? I kind of looked, looked at that situation the way that you, <laughs> the way that you just described it. I kind of look at it as kind of like a TV show or a dramatic movie where – the back office and the coaching staff are, or I should say the front office, my fault, yeah, are the are the bad guys in the organization. Okay. They're the bad guys. They're the mob. They're the ones who are in on it. Greg Williams is in on it. All right. All right. He was in on it once before. You know, with the- right. He has a plan. He's the biggest bad guy on that squad. He thinks he's probably the king of that squad. He probably thinks he's the head of it. So he does the job. He does what the New York front office wants him to do. He thinks, I'm the king of New York. New York. But then, after the game, he gets stabbed in the back. It gets a little shank. A little shank. And it's Adam Gase with his hand around his mouth. <laughs> and he says, you thought. You thought. <laughs> and then pulls the knife out from his back. And says, "I'm the king of this city." You know, Adam Gase looks like a grade A creep. He he does, and ESPN probably would not report it in the way that we just described no, it as. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. Probably. A- Adam but, Gase um, lo- looks like Mark Zuckerberg's long lost brother. Right. Their it, facial it, expressions. It, they're both they're, robots. They're, they are, and they're just they're just human beings. You know, you don't want to sit down and have dinner with. Absolutely not. Even if a bunch of money was involved, it could be the best time. It could be the best night of your life. And you just don't want to sit down and go through that with them. You don't really want to. I'm just, I wouldn't even want to be in the same room as Adam Gase if 15 other people were in that room. Like, I, it creeps me out. Yeah. But, Adam, now that we just got the stud of the week out of the way. Yep, yep, yep. Now comes, now comes the sad, the dark spot of our show. That we wish we didn't have to do, but we have to do it anyways. Yeah, feel bad for these guys. And that's the dud of the week. My dud of the week, Adam. We've been covering it. it all show. We've been covering it all show. We just literally talked about it. Oh, no, we have the same one. Oh, man. We have the same one. You know what? We'll take this together. We're going to say it on three, okay? All right. All right. One, two, three. New York, New York Jets. Jets. Oh, look at that shit, man. We picked the same one. Damn it. But, I, you know, the Jets are both here, – here's my breakdown of them. Here's my breakdown. 
So like we said before, they lost to Oakland 31 to 28. They blew the game with 10 seconds left in the game. Like we said, they had the stupid play call. You know, they were in cahoots before the game. Uh, Greg Williams, he, uh, he got backstabbed by the organization, you know, because they were in cahoots to blow the game. And he did, he did it at the wishes of the owner. And they were like, fuck you, pay me, get out. And then right. the Jets still have the number one pick. So they're actually, in my eyes, a stud as well. I mean, I could look at them as being a stud, more like, not pimps, but kingpins. Kingpins. I don't, I don't, they have a lot of, they have a lot of guts, especially in the city that they play in. They have a lot of guts. And I just hear, every time I think of the New York Jets, especially today, every time I hear or think about the New York Jets. I just hear this voice. Uh-uh. <laughs> you think darkness is your ally. But you really adopted the dark. They've That's what Adam Gase said to Greg Williams. That's what Adam Gase said to Greg Williams this morning or last night. Whenever this firing happened, the whole process. But that's just what I think of right now with Adam Gase in the New York football Jets. It's Bain and his misfits that are running the show there in New York. And that's a very unfortunate, unfortunate scene. Bad scene. Tough scene. A scene that nobody wants to see. But those are our duds of the week, are they not? Yeah, they, they are. And um, we can go multiple different directions with this, but I thought the Jets were like, they're, they're the safe pick for dud of the week. Um, you can you can look around the NFL, find a couple duds from this past week. You can, you know, Carson Wentz was a dud, but that's a collective effort of the team just being the dud. Um, there's a couple of guys that didn't perform this week, but I thought the Jets, just the way they lost, typical Jets fashion, they were deserving of dud of the week. Definitely. A lot of bad football games this weekend. There was a lot of bad football. I don't know if it's just like the time of the year where, you know, it's starting to get really cold out at some of these games and – Teams haven't adjusted yet. I would say give it another week or two and teams really adjust. But yeah, I don't know. There wasn't football this week wasn't really that entertaining. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't even watch college football this week. I totally forgot it was on. I forgot it was Saturday. Uh, Michigan didn't play, thank God, because, you know, I, I so cannot, they didn't lose this week. I cannot afford lose. to buy another ceiling fan. I really cannot. Uh, oh, Jesus. That, Money must be tight. Yeah, I can't, I can't do it. Um, yeah, Michigan didn't play because uh, COVID. Them in Maryland, they had to cancel. They might cancel the rest of their season, uh, which means they they won't play Ohio State, fortunately. Um, but, yeah, I, I, another thing, I really don't believe Ohio State should be in the top four. They've only played six, uh, five games. Wisconsin's ranked in the top 25, and they're two and two. Yeah, isn't that wild? Oh, it there, was a good, sense to me. there was a great college game on. I didn't watch it because I am in Europe, so it's hard to watch some of these games. But it was uh, Coastal Carolina and uh, BYU. BYU. That was probably the game of the week. Right? Roads versus the Mormons. Yeah, and they, that game wasn't that wasn't originally scheduled. Right. That was uh, I forgot Nothing who basically dropped, last minute. Yeah, who dropped out of what game? But uh, I think both opponents opponents dropped out of the game due to COVID, and they're like, "Fuck it, let's let's play, let's uh, put two undefeated teams together." I don't want to hear no fucking was it. Uh, UCF stuff about how they're national champions because they're undefeated because they're not because these teams play Alabama or Clemson. They're probably going to get worked. But this is why, you know, the college football stuff that we talked about, like the reform of the college football playoff, I think it should happen. Absolutely. Give these teams a chance. But anyway, that's it for this week. Jack, any takes on what this week? I'm thinking it's their best episode yet. I mean, Adam, it's just hard to imagine living in a world where you know, you and I, we wake up and we go ahead with our day and we just sit down and we discuss from total opposite sides of the world. And you hit that record button and we just talk our talk. We talk our it's talk hard to imagine that each week it gets better and better and better. I don't think we can top this one. I really don't. I really don't think we can top it. We, But I say that, but I wouldn't be shocked if it happens next week. But we hands down, easily, even with the great fan questions last week, a 
of our podcast. This one right here, this one. This is where the money was made. This is what keeps the lights on in our houses. <laughs> this podcast right here. And we just want to thank the fans and all the support and all the shares on Facebook, wherever, and whatever you're listening on. Because I right give, now, go ahead, hit me. I want to give a quick shout out real quick to two supporters that have been supporting us heavily from the beginning. Our boys, Clayton Bender and Miles Lawler. Heavy oh, supporters from the beginning when we were recording off of one mic. You know, they, they followed us. They, they give us feedback all the time. They listen to every episode start to finish, and they enjoy it. So quick shout out to you guys. Appreciate you guys. Adam, do you remember, quick also to add on that, do you remember when we were in your dorm room and we were recording our first episode of Time Out with Adam and Jack? With the box. And we had the cardboard box. Yeah. We had the blanket thrown over the TV to cover up the static. Yeah. And, and we had the cardboard box around the microphone to add better acoustics to our it, show. It didn't work because we never uploaded that. That No, it didn't that one, work it at all. It horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but if you think about it, it's just basically the American dream happening. It's Apple. We are the new Apple. <laughs> Maybe not right now. Maybe we're not as successful as them right now. But if we keep on getting these listeners and we keep on week in and week out producing what we're producing, nothing is going to stop this train. I'd say we're nothing. on we're on like an iPod shuffle right now, and they're on iPhone 12. We're getting okay. there, though. We're getting That's there. Fair. And I, the, the stick, the stick iPod shuffle, the, like the big USB oh. looking one. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. All right. I can I can live with that right now. It's only season two. Imagine oh, okay. where we're at in season fifty. Oh shit! I don't. I don't know. <laughs> That's a long way away, dude. <laughs> but Jack, got anything else to say to these guys before we let them go until next week? I do. What is it? Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Time Out with Adam and Jack. Thanks for listening. Talk to you guys next week. <laughs>